Welcome to Adjust Radio. based in Oslo. Um, we have uh, Paul Antoine and Son, and they represent many collectives, I think, at this point, or initiatives, I would say. Um, but the, the one that we will focus on today is uh, Safe Space uh, Radio, which is a, a series of podcasts uh, dealing with a lot of uh, social issues and um, alternative uh, practices uh, such as uh, queer architecture and uh, social inclusion um, and how to um, work towards uh, including um, people that are marginalized and I think it's very similar to what we're doing here at uh, Just Radio and so I, I felt that it would be appropriate to start uh, <laughs> our, our series uh, with, with their contribution and um, I would like to maybe give them a word to introduce themselves. Um, so, yeah, welcome. <laughs> Hi, thanks a lot for having us. Uh, my name is Son. I'm, uh, I'm a Vietnamese architect, uh, now based in Oslo. I've been uh, studying and living and working in Europe uh, for the past 10 years. Um, yeah. My name is uh, Paul Antoine. I'm a French architect, also based in Oslo, graduated from the Oslo School of Architecture. Um, and together with Sun, we have our own architecture practice, and we've, we are founding members with Armel Bray uh, of uh, Safe Space Collective. Um. Thank you for coming all this way, but actually, uh, it was nice to hear your lecture just earlier, and I, I think there's going to be some things coming back from our discussions um, afterwards. Um, but today, actually, we are focusing on um, design as a tool for social justice. And uh, as you know, um, and I think I explained a bit, the Adjust Radio is about uh, bringing out um, the different voices that are usually muted um, from the, the main media or um, from the, the main dialogues that are going on around our communities. And here in Brussels, there's a lot <laughs> in that. So we thought there was a need for a platform such as this one to not only bring um, those voices out, but also those creative voices that are trying to create platforms um, such as voices um, like yours that are doing that in other um, places but we are learning from them and I, th and I think these sort of collaborations and dialogues are always very beneficial and enriching um, to learn from each other from each other's knowledges and transmit it uh, to to now we're taking over here in Brussels a bit from 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 uh, space uh, as a as a reference from um, the Space Collective, a Safe Space Collective. So I wanted to open up a bit um, the conversation about these, uh, these dismant how to dismantle these oppressive uh, practices. So it sounds like a very heavy topic, um, but I think it's, it's so important to address the fact that there are oppressive practices out there and that um, 
through the way that we design and, and the processes that we acknowledge and follow, um, we're either recreating these oppressive practices um, or, um, or challenging them or, or, or showing another way. Um, and, and so I think it's, this is the first uh, question is, uh, how does your initiative address or challenge the asymmetries of power uh, in our cities? And I don't know if you had a chance to, to think about this already. Mm. Uh, well, I think the, the, we started the project uh, with this will to um, just sort of like um, show this link between social politics and architecture because I think very often in the making of, of, of architecture we're, uh, you know, there are a lot of aspects of a person's um, identity that are dismissed or disregarded such as you know race social class gender sexuality you know ab ability um and also we i mean like uh, the project started in 2020 so that was like in direct response to black lives matter and then so at that time we all felt this very mm. um it was a very poignant feeling uh, that uh, you know such oppressive systems uh, existed, and uh, we felt that as architects and as spatial uh, designers, we were also contributing actually to that, uh, yeah. to that, uh, to these systemic oppression. Uh, so the question was just like how to to prove that um, in a more maybe at the same time academic and at the same time practical and at the same time like relatable manner for people like to engage people in the discussion yeah. mm, and also that uh, kind of oppression within the industry is embedded within the industry and we wanted uh, especially in regards to black lives matter movement and like to address the fact that to be silent was to be complicit mm -hmm. so being complicit being part of that oppression so really um, calling for people to engage and for ourselves like this podcast series in the beginning was really much like this okay what can we do with what we have in a way and also how can we create a new system to challenge those which was okay, okay it has to be respectful and mindful of everyone's voices so bringing the um, podcast or radio conversation like you do is a very nice way to just start by listening like before we yeah. project anything before we really engage with the discussion and like okay what does it mean like spatially as a designer and everything like we just find people that are also um, living this on a daily basis and then we find people that are engaged with that topic on a daily basis and are already taking action so how can we learn from that so really like to not also uh, be dogmatic and repeat that oppressive right. um, uh, embedded uh, yeah. nature of architecture also yeah. And, and I think that's, that's interesting you say that you first listen instead of acting, which is a, it's a, it's a very care uh, approach, uh, care practice approach, um, where you first try to understand um, instead of reacting, which tends to be something that you quickly do as an impulsive way. Um, and, and it brings also some negative parts in that like anger or um which can be useful for sure but i think it's it's um it's always good to first um, acknowledge 
what is happening and, and understand the your surroundings and um, the tools that you have and, and where do you come from and your positioning in the whole story um, before reacting. And I, I think that's, it's, like you said, it's a very important part. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's where we also challenge the power dynamics uh, in the sense that uh, we started the project uh, also being not knowledgeable you know in so many ways on the subjects uh, but we felt that it was an important uh, initiative to start uh, so we like after careful considerations we finally yeah. had the courage to bring it up but also assuming that uh, we were not the ones to lecture anybody about anything right. and we wanted to learn from the people that we really strongly believed uh, had uh, important messages uh, mm. to 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 transmit uh, and that's how the whole collaborative uh, project sort of like came about mm. Mm. and that's also when talking about like uh, a system that has been in place for a long time you kind of need to unite and that's kind of this also like by by talking to people bringing them on board collaborating inviting mm. all those kind of things you kind of uh, have uh, intuitively you're creating a sort of community yeah. like and you're sharing uh, so much and then you're helping each other collective out knowledge and then yeah, yeah exactly so you're gathering this collective that is also the a potential political force into mm. making uh making the message stronger and also disseminating is so much easier when people engage with the topic they also bring it back with themselves they they learn from it people listen become the vector of yeah. love things yeah. it's very it's a good medium yeah. to engage i think people are uh, afraid to engage because um yeah feeling that maybe they're not capable enough or they are um don't know enough about the subject to be active in it and i think this is kind of like the um how did you say like the balance between naiveness of not really knowing but wanting uh, having good intentions and then also being sensitive to to the matter um and i think this is hard to navigate sometimes yeah, I think that was like maybe the biggest challenge for us. So we knew that we knew what we wanted to do and we, 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 we knew the messages out there that needed to be uh, sort of like concretized in a way, but how to do so in the most respectful way uh, possible and still sort of, uh, also still to directly address all the issues while not polarizing um uh the the audience yeah. um yeah. and so i think that's that's where the safe space the the word safe space mm -hmm. kind of like just uh, came to life even though it i think it's also a very uh debatable and and contested notion but uh, that's what at least we try to create for yeah. as a first step for people to be able to come in to express themselves and also the people uh, who who are desiring this knowledge but not feeling relevant to take part in the conversation to also feel welcome to yeah. sort of like come in and learn from each other like no judgment zone um, mm. in that sense but more about learning from each other mm. yeah yeah well no that's exactly what we're trying to do also here <laughs> so it just resonates a lot everything that you're saying and um it's refreshing to hear it again and, and in a different way, in a different perspective, in a different experiences, um, because I think we're all struggling with that in, in the academic world. And also, I mean, when you're teaching and how you're teaching and how, I mean, with the students as well. Uh, and, and it's so such a 
crazy uh, new frontier i i think as mm -hmm. in that sense um that we we should be learning from each other and um so that's that's really cool um so yeah i think it's it's also brings us to to talking a bit on this representation um of this diversity and all these stories that you're trying to include or or um, at least make accessible um a safe space for them to be heard and um can you tell me a bit about this experience of of representing um did you feel like you were able to represent um uh, the, the groups that you wanted to represent yeah i think so uh in in, in to, to some extent uh what we started the project with uh, sort of like thinking about uh, uh issues such as um racism for example, I mean that was like the the issue raised by 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 Black Lives Matter. So I think that was like the first thing that we wanted to address. So who you know what kind of uh, social groups actually get access to the education of architecture and the practice of architecture. So that was kind of like uh, the first thing, and then who it served. Uh, but then throughout like our 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 research, we also it sort of like pan started like panning out uh, mm. onto so many other s topics and, and, and levels because uh, in the it's not only in the access to the profession but it's also in the production like uh, the way yep. that the things that we that we make that also ha um, sort of like helps um, reinforce the all of the sort of like systemic um, discrimination yeah. so yeah we started uh, sort of like talking to let's say um, students uh, and practicing architects uh, to understand their background uh, and and sort of like their maybe their struggles uh, having certain um, social political uh, backgrounds that are not the majority in no. the in the field and then we moved on to 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 things such as uh, discrimination through housing so mm. how how are we actually you know through the act of building we're actually reinforcing yeah mm -hmm. the inequalities that already exist and how we sort of like widen the access for the the the, the 10 percent or one percent yeah. and reduce the yeah the access to this like you know very basic human rights to the rest of the mm. of the populations so it was a it was um, it was a, an organic process, yeah. uh, let's say, and I think we actually represented maybe uh, more or at least a, a, maybe a different audience than we what what we kind of like imagined in the From beginning. The beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I don't know if it's like uh, wide enough uh, mm -hmm. to you know to represent society, but at least it was a surprise for us as well. Yeah, mm. and then also like. Um, there was a search around like the vocabulary of uh, representation within that project also in a way and like kind of also understanding the systems of oppression kind of led us to also make sure that we don't only talk about underrepresentation but we really address misrepresentation also exactly. and make sure that the podcast builds up to also bring about subjects that engage with social pract uh, social and spatial practices that can also show a way forward of how when you're talking about underrepresentation, misrepresentation, you make sure you do, that you don't start um, including more people being discriminated against into a profession that is discriminating by nature. So really also questioning mm. the discriminating aspect of the profession as a social and spatial practice yeah, also. Exactly. So that's why like it kind of ended up also really yeah, engaging a, 
a varied uh, panel of, uh, of people in the project because we really wanted to make sure that we had enough of also examples such as housing that really engaged a lot of audience also because they that's close to like there's a much more intersectional aspect that people can mm. relate to yeah, of course. so then that kind of a, is a way we can see also like looking at statistics of the podcast like what is bringing people into listening mm. so it's like the queer aspect is uh, very popular the yeah. housing question was also very popular yeah. when we had the exhibition but then the introduction uh, of the first and second episode are still like the most um relatable maybe of mm. actually talking yeah. about yeah, but representation this is, your, your audience is uh, um, mostly you would say from Oslo I mean you have people also from around the world yeah I, I think about uh, more than 60% uh, of our audience is from is from Norway uh, okay. but then but then there's a large percentage uh, uh, of people from Denmark uh, or mm. other uh, Scandinavian countries and the States uh, as oh, well yeah. as uh, France and Germany and a couple of other European countries. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it has started reaching out to other parts of the world as well, including the Philippines or Turkey. So I don't know for what reasons, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, spreads like wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> but it does. But it does take take time to yeah. to to do so. Yeah. But that's nice to hear as as uh, feedback as well, or to see that happen organically. Yeah, um, but I have to say that also, I mean, it's very funny that you talk about how uh, sort of uh, this project, our project, sort of like, um, it's, it's part of your inspiration for this yeah. uh, radio. But we also took inspiration from another podcast project, uh, The Interference, uh, who, mm. the, you know, the, the one yes. of the organizers yes. is now also in Brussels. So it's like a, a whole ecosystem. And we really like mm. this idea of like, creating networks and sort of like, um, in not necessarily inspiring, but like uh, eliciting each other. Yeah, uh, but this is so great. Yeah, yeah, to bring forward uh, different perspectives and while contributing to the same cause. Yeah, and I think we we only really have each other to back up these these things. And so I think this network idea should be, I think, more at the center um, of our practices. You know, to, to really. Um, take initiative to create this network and to support each other because indeed um, then I would have to pass along the, <laughs> the baton to mm. someone else and just keep on continuing this this practice of um, this platform this way of, of doing architecture or doing design or um, through building these dialogues and, and creating space for for people to to be represented Mm. But I think yeah, one of uh, one of the things that we try to do with the podcast is that um, even though it, it is, let's say, radically inclusive, uh, but it was exclusive in the sense that we wanted to only have people with rather um, uh, that people who do not compromise mm. in their discourse, uh, because uh, what we didn't want is to for people to come in, bring in. Um, sort of like half-baked solutions, uh, but yeah. you know that fall somewhere I between see. capitalism and and a certain you know social mm -hmm. ideal. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's uh, that's maybe that's the that's the that's, audience. That's the the misrepresentation <laughs> part yeah. of um, the other side, the other perspective, let's say of of the dialogues. Um, but I think it's important, and I think you, the name "safe space" says it all because it is a safe space for this type of dialogue mm. to kind of have um, 
a place to yeah, be. Yeah, because they are these discourses, these let's say let's say radical discourses mm -hmm. are marginalized mm -hmm. because everybody else has to compromise uh, right. in order to exist. Right. So this is maybe maybe the one of the yeah. very few places uh, yeah. for that to happen. But I, I think it's interesting because for a just radio is trying to be in that kind of like um, not middle but um, provocating mm -hmm. stance. So safe space is nice because it creates this environment where you can really freely and everyone can talk about it and I think it's very much needed. For a just radio, I think the difference is that we want to hear the other side mm. and we want to talk about it together. Mm. And that's difficult to do, I think. <laughs> and I think the students have had encounters with this already. <laughs> but yeah. I think Pelotan, I think Pelotan has a... <laughs> a lot of opinion, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I'm not I, I I'm not really good at compromising, and it's quite difficult and mm. um, to compromise, especially like we wanted to take the activist stand yeah. in that podcast and yeah. really like just hear us out, like in a way, like hear all the messages being talked about and hear all those things that we should be looking at, mm -hmm. and also. Uh, the context it was done with, uh, within was uh, Norway, which is a very compromising mm, country. Okay. Uh, in a way that uh, dialogue usually gets diluted quite a lot mm. to find a good consensus that could so fit more or less yeah. everyone. And we do think that within the architecture field and everything, that those topics are a no-go mm -hmm. uh, to some extent uh, and that it's very tricky to start yeah. talking about it and there's certain limits on how much people will engage with it. Yeah. So we wanted that because it was yeah kind of self-initiated with the support of uh, Rom in a way to be okay that's a platform that we have a control over that we can really just yeah have a safe space to say freely what we want mm -hmm. and we see it that a lot of uh, different platforms in Norway that should be contributed to the architectural message uh, I will name one. The okay. Oslo Architecture Triennale is kind of an institution that was supporting a good dialogue for the profession for the past uh, few years. And now they're trying to create a dialogue with developers, with municipalities and everything. Yeah. And then it lacks it all the substance uh, right. of what good city planning should be because their focus is in neighborhood. And they have talks about uh, diversity and representation and then the boss of Snohetta is there and mm. the mayor of the city of Paris. And mm. like what is the message like yeah, well yeah. that's it's really nice to engage yeah. uh, with the but it depends on who and how and mm -hmm. i think exactly. it needs to really have a contrast and the conflict and negotiation yeah. Yeah. that's a very interesting uh, yeah. idea i think but we yeah, i think it was too ambitious for us and yeah. maybe that's that was not what we were aiming at but i think that's also very much needed for sure mm. Yes, because it's it's something we're running into at the moment uh, with the different um, questions that we have, especially in Brussels. There's uh, there's a lot of questions about like homelessness, um, affordable housing, and um, what to do with all these temporary empty spaces that we have in, around the city because there's plenty. And so you would think that one plus one equals two, but it's not the case. Um, and so I, I think that there's, there needs to be this common ground idea because if there isn't, 
you will have this kind of polarity of um, the squats being at some point taken over and taken out and forgotten and forgotten um, because of this polarity of like we are not we're not gonna get along so we're not gonna even talk about it because we're just so different in the perspectives and you see this in the states a lot um so i come from the states before here and, and then you see this polarity like there's no conversation you can't have and you kind of lose that a uh, human ability to dialogue and to 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 understand each other in, in that sense yeah um, but no but that's one of the things yeah. about norway that i uh uh, even though I, I have to I have to say that I really appreciate like there's like a, this general working and living conditions there, but there's a lack of confrontation. So mm. people never you know fully saying what they really think, and I I felt like safe space was like the mm. was like the, okay. the push that this that we needed. And in, in Brussels mm. is yeah. like people say what they want <laughs> and they tell you in front of your face exactly what they're thinking about, and it's it can create this polarity very fast. Yeah. Um, but I think also when starting the podcast, there was a big um, conversation with the team uh, at Rum, the, the gallery in Oslo, of like, okay, like how much of a, like there's a risk, right, in, uh, mm, yeah. in engaging like that in Norway as well. And like, okay, how do you see uh, navigating that if there's yeah. a problem and everything? And it hasn't been like it hasn't we haven't had a problem of uh, how it's been received but of course like on that also safe initiated project and also creating that community and that safe space it's harder to reach out of that which is That's obviously the priority. Yeah. which is obviously the audience and i think slowly now that the project is exists uh and now the podcast is out we have done like events and we've been there and we've been a bit in the media and we're trying to mm. always like do talks and things like that then now we have the opportunity finally with this product and all this data information and research and like actually reaching to that audience more and more so offices yeah. invite us to kind of lecture in their office like as lunch talks or friday talks uh, to discuss those topics of inclusion and in architecture mm -hmm. and then we bring just like the whole layer layered understanding of the that podcast to have a discussion yeah. with the employees and and that's now, yeah, we kind of feel like now we are almost finally starting to reach the audience that should be listening to it. Yeah. But I think the community uh, building and the collaboration with everyone involved has been necessary for the project to exist anyhow. But it's kind yeah. of, of course, the mediation activism and keeping on going in some extent, to some extent is what also yeah. makes it reach a certain... Yeah. Mm. And I just have to just have to quickly shout out to Armen Breus, the amazing third member of the collective. So ah, we're, yes. <laughs> we're representing the three of us. Uh, it's not just, uh, just us two. Yes, and, and I think that, again, with representation, that's a good point to, uh, <laughs> to end on it. Um, but, but actually, we're, we're moving towards also trying to um, understand this idea of, of curation, because you, you talk about, like, we wanted to create the safe space so in a sense you cu you curated everything around it for that to be the priority and so that meant who you wanted to bring on board um what you want to talk about and and this sort of things um do you do you think a lot about about this about the fact that um you are curating a lot 
um, and and do you see it as as a sort of um, like um, a, a sort of way that someone can take it as a censorship way? I mean, we're talking about now curation and versus um, censorship, right? I I feel like at least when we when we started the project as and also as of now, I felt like uh, our act of curating was to cater for what the messages that were censored. Mm -hmm. So in in that way, I never I maybe never thought of it uh, as uh, as censorship like what we did, but it's more like yeah to bring all of these marginalized uh, um, uh, voices yeah. that were not heard or were invisibilized. Uh, to to bring out bring them out into in into the light and uh, and in order to do so as something that we spoke uh, today as well is that uh, how to create um, sort of like constructive environment so safe mm. but also constructive because the point is not to just raise uh, raise opinion different opinions for the purposes of creating conflicts. But and and not to polarize people. But how can we bring these different perspectives uh, in, together and create that maybe like create like refuture what we can what we can live uh, together? So the the curation then in like in the the, the selection of voices and how they can be constructive to each other. Mm -hmm. I felt like that was important to the environment that we wanted to create. That's maybe also that's that dimension that somehow yeah for sure there is a bit of censorship i think also because like we interviewed much more people than we could feature in um, mm. in the podcast and it's it's due to the fact that well it's a specific format you need to find people that are comfortable with the format you need yep. to find people that have uh, an ease to to talk to talk as well you, you need to find people that have a clear understanding of the message that they want yeah. to convey and we we did kind of like not discard maybe that's a, that's not the right word but we kind of used different medium to get the other messages out there yeah. which was like the fanzine and everything it's like we do feel like maybe people really want to get engaged they want to talk about some specific subjects but it's just not working for the podcast, for the podcast yeah. and sometime on the topic level like if we felt like the message was not radical enough we would be like, okay, let's reframe it in a yeah. way. Like, let's discuss more with that person and see how we can find a common ground okay. so that the message would come yeah. about and it would not well, dilute the project, but also the cause in some ways. So there is a bit of hmm. curation via censorship for sure. And Is it positive cur uh, censorship? Is there something like that? <laughs> I guess for us it was necessary maybe yeah. but because if know. you have like someone that has a very like maybe straightforward a very boring voice yeah like and it's just like so uninspiring and it might be that well you just cannot listen you to the episode the audience, yeah. yeah you lose sense. the audience you, and you also like the yeah. topic the i mean yeah. we we would lose i would lose my interest if i lose my interest listening to somebody then i cannot you know bring that person out to the mm. to the rest of the world but uh, I mean that really didn't didn't really happen to 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 the project. But it was more like just like maybe selecting the voices that are yeah more comfortable and maybe yeah. just like and, and also the the like I guess the the level of um, I don't know um, theoretical way of speaking or 
um, what you will discuss about that uh, maybe excludes some people that maybe won't be able to take part mm -hmm. of this, this conversation. Yeah, we had, for example, episode two is about vocabulary of representation with... Uh, prelude two. Yeah. Prelude two, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Prelude two is about vocabulary of representation. So with a Danish researcher who has... Um, Danish-American Colombian researcher who has a PhD in representation in me media in, in Denmark. And then that is not a very accessible uh, mm. episode to listen to. But we did feel like, okay, maybe as a prelude... Uh, and really digging deep into the language could be a super good way just also to deconstruct mm. power dynamics as she says so well within the, yeah. the podcast and that's kind of like okay maybe that's optional you don't necessarily have mm. to listen to that and we kind of added it towards the end as like okay no we do need to have that one feature yeah. like you know but then there's also this censorship also within of course the topics that we talk about Mm -hmm. that we didn't have to like when we uh, applied to the open call we had like a lineup of like 12 um, 12 episodes so 12 different topics to really go into intersectionality okay decolonialist practices mm -hmm. for instance and that we don't feature so much and maybe it goes into the environmental justice and indigenous um, practices practices to some extent, but same, like maybe the environmental justice uh, podcast episode is not uh, radical enough into like, mm. how do we deal with humans, non-humans and really yeah. thinking about really how we build and why we build is like some messages are like kind of lost through the podcast, yeah. but because it has to, we have to manage it at some point, we need yeah. to find the people. So it's kind of almost at some point, like uh, when we could see people that really f fitted a topic that we really cared about, we, okay, we go for this one and we have to like mm -hmm. kind of shape, but for sure there's so many more topics that should be represented yeah. within that series. Yeah. And we talked about doing season three in the beginning and now... <laughs> We're waiting for <laughs> season two. No, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. But, but um, uh, yeah, you always have parameters that you need to take into consideration when doing such, uh, such things. There's like a certain limit. So mm. let's say that we set out that eight episodes uh, and we need to we can only choose so many topics uh, and also yeah. we wanted a certain representation of non-architects uh, so that's why we mm. also let out some architects to invite human geographers to in, in, invite researchers designers students so yeah, yeah. There, there are all, all kinds of all kinds of uh, parameters yeah yeah which i guess are kind of crucial to the curation or just yeah. creation of, uh, of the project I think we have something similar going on uh, for us as well, creating these parameters, like what is the goal of this? What's the priority? And and um, how do we empower the, the marginalized communities or how do we give them a voice? And how can we include them in the discussion and, and the, the, the level of, of, of um, theoretical discussions we can have and how we can involve like, real life stories that uh, complements maybe um, the, the episode itself. Can it be combined? Does it have to be separate? Like there's so many things that we're thinking about at the moment, like who to invite. And this goes again with the network um, that you need to know a lot of people in order to then curate the <laughs> and pick the right person uh, in that sense. Yeah. I think that's when I have two other things to add. Uh, 
like when you know under this topic of curation versus censorship yeah. the first thing is that uh, uh, maybe it is also the case of your project but for ours it was completely bottom-up initiative so we our, ourselves had to find funding for it and yeah. when you apply for money you also always have to be strategic so there's yeah. you know the different fundings always have different parameters and different things that they look for so for each of these applications we also need to tailor the project uh, um, yeah. in order uh, in a certain way in uh, order to get yes, the money yes. so then there's always that's part of it that mm. so that's another parameter that is kind of external and then the second thing that i wanted to talk about is the we're all we're humans so like there's also there's a, also a, human a, error <laughs> a, and there's a physical limit uh, and also. mental limit to what we can do we forget about that yeah <laughs> so it's not, it's impossible to think that the mm. three of us or plus the 50 contributors to the project can represent a whole society i think it's so. it's good to be honest about it you know mm. from mm. the beginning and i think this is it goes again to the, the lecture of uh, how honest you were about representing and putting yourself in the, this is our position this is um our business plan we go back to this business plan which i think is genius and i think everyone else found that. <laughs> and i think you're gonna use it again <laughs> now that you hear feedback um, but it's so interesting because then you really are transparent about who you are um, where your funding is coming from, and how, where, who, what are your parameters, and this mm. is why we cannot. Yeah, and be, be, yeah, be honest about the things that we can do and mm. that we're trying to do, and also acknowledging what we probably not going to achieve. Also, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. and in that way, like about the network and finding people and everything we have to give a big shout out to everyone that contributed because since we we had uh, so many zoom calls and meeting people and we had people that we thought would be perfect that didn't work out but then they talked about someone else that we met through so it's like it's a lot of uh, it was a very big Chain. loop of uh, sometimes like after the fifth interview of like discussing with someone we're like that's the person but like we had no idea that person existed but like we had to also go through all those loops and thanks to yeah like just looking looking and contacting people and we, the generosity, yeah, generosity of everybody of everyone for sure. that was right. made possible yeah well uh, yeah you give the shout out to them <laughs> <laughs> i think you don't remember all the names but it's gonna be, a so that's gonna be another episode just for <laughs> the names um, but thank you so much. I think that's uh, that's a good um, first episode, let's say. <laughs> um, but I'm so happy to that you came all this way and then to have this conversation and maybe we can continue offline um, and meet later again, who knows, uh, for another episode. No, I'm so glad that we're <laughs> yeah we're pass pa passing the torch uh, <laughs> and that uh, yeah it's uh, it's being picked up again. Well, it's such a great initiative and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to yeah. seeing what comes about. The topics seem very very interesting and uh, I think very yeah we could include that in a season two for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we wish you the best of luck <laughs> Thank and you. we cannot wait to to hear what uh, what you're gonna do. Thanks.